Welcome to Parents at Work, a podcast for people who want to succeed and thrive at work while they have kids. This podcast is sponsored by the Spiegel Law Firm, a firm that empowers people who have been wrongfully fired or afraid that they might be. I am Tom Spiegel, and joining me today is my co-host, Lori Mahalik-Levin, an attorney and founder of the online platform Mindful Return. Lori, I will turn it over to you to tell us more about Mindful Return and to introduce our guest today. Great. Thanks so much, Tom. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. Mindful Return is a four-week online course that helps new parents transition back to work after parental leave, and it helps employers to retain their new parent top talent. Um, On this podcast, as you might know if you've been following along, we try to pick a different industry or sector and have a conversation with moms and with dads in that sector. And this time, we're turning to the engineering world. We've already done an interview with some dad engineers, and today we're really happy to have with us two amazing moms who are engineers and are here to tell us what it's like to be a mom in the engineering space. First of all, we've got Dhruva Lahan, who is a senior project manager in the Dallas office of Kimley Horn and Associates. She has more than 15 years of experience in a variety of traffic and transportation projects, including traffic operations, safety, planning, and design. She primarily serves public sector clients, including the Texas Department of Transportation and municipalities. Dhruva lives in Dallas with her husband and her two children who are seven and two. Welcome to the podcast, Dhruva. Thank you, Lori. Good to be here. It's wonderful to have you. And Victoria Hills is also joining us today. Victoria is originally from Flint, Michigan, and she's currently a program manager at Alarm.com. And she's an MBA candidate at Rice University in Houston, Texas. As a mother to a dynamic four-year-old, she's prided herself on setting an example of achieving your dreams despite the obstacles in life. She has a bachelor's and a master's degree in mechanical engineering, She's actively involved in organizations such as the National Society of Black Engineers, Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority, and Black Girls Code, and she dedicates her weekends to running, attending gymnastics and swim classes, and supporting her daughter and cooking. So the first thing I want to say is just to pause and honor the fact that among us, Victoria, Druva, Tom, and myself, we have nine children And it's the middle of a work day in the middle of COVID and the middle of a school day as well. So I just wanted to honor the fact that somehow the four of us managed to get on the phone together with all the chaos that comes with nine children in the background. So thank you for for being able to do that today. Um, I'd like to start off first by asking Dhruva and Victoria, each of you respectively, to tell us a little bit about your working parent story. So Dhruva, if you wouldn't mind, let's start with you. Thank you, Lori, and glad to be here again um, on this podcast Working parent-wise, I had my first child in 2013, and that was definitely a life-changing event for me. So I was very used to getting to work early, coming home late, and just working through and powering through each and every day. But once I had my first child, I realized I had to take a step back and get adjusted to the new normal. I started making use of flexible hours that my company, Kimley Horn and Associates, offered. Gratefully, I was able to adjust my hours and work so that I was able to serve my clients and work with my team while at the same time trying to balance my family life. Then again, in 2018, about two years ago, I had my second child. So that added another dimension to it. Felt like it was one plus one was definitely uh, more than two. We say 85 in our house. Yes. Mm -hmm. One plus one is 85. I get it. (laughs) I think you're right. It is 85. So I started doing more 
flexible hours. So I would drop off the kids at 7.30, uh, get to work and then leave so that I could pick them up by five o'clock, you know, get them fed and uh, give them their bath and bedtime. And then I would work again at night. So uh, that's what I did. Both my kids uh, used to go to daycare. We actually researched the daycare quite a bit even before they were born so that we felt comfortable with the care providers. And we found a nice daycare near our house at a church. So really uh, friendly people and we've uh, stuck with them for so long. And then also, I got a lot of help, not only from my parents and in-laws who are actually in, in, they live in India, but I, we brought them in to take care of the kids and spend time with their grandkids. So it was really helpful for us to have that safety net whenever they could come here and spend time. And then when they were gone is when our safety net was kind of gone because we didn't have family nearby. And then I, it was really tough, I would say, you know, taking it one day at a time and trying to have a plan B for any emergencies or any sick kids or or anything. But with two working parents, my husband also works full time. It's been a constant coordination of schedules, who has meetings, who has calls and pre-COVID, who had travel plans and so forth. It's very dynamic, I would say, being a working parent. So yeah, that's what I would say about my uh, working parent story. Wonderful. Thank you, Driva. Yes, I totally relate to that constant coordination of schedules. It's not like you said it once for the week and it's done. And you also so beautifully highlight the importance of that village. And I think that's one thing that's been really hard and missing in COVID is how our village has been denied us and stripped away on so many levels that makes it so much more challenging. Victoria, I'd like to turn it over to you and ask you the same question. Can you tell us a little bit about your personal working parent story? Yeah, of course. And again, thank you, Lori, and for having us both here. And and similar to Drupa, you know, I really stress the importance of the fact that you need a village to raise a child. And so when I had my daughter in London, it was back in 2016. And I was actually in the middle of a rotational program at Ford Motor Company. And so to take off for eight weeks (laughs) was a bit of a challenge. And then to come back to it and try to, you know, start back going was extremely difficult And it was actually one of the most difficult times of my life because I was entering a new career in manufacturing and now having a child and still having to somehow get my bearings in a row to be functional every day. And you all know with kids, you're sleep deprived, you're all (laughs) over the place, you're trying to coordinate your own schedule. And so for me, that was like my first reality check. And it was interesting that I found the most rewarding part of going through that difficult experience was being more connected to other moms Mm, because being so young at 26, I didn't really understand what the dynamic was, you know, supposed to look like. And so when I started working at, started back work after I had my daughter, I literally had to lean in on all the women around me to help me navigate in this new manufacturing space and being a mom. And so I really leveraged having mentors. We had a women's circle at Ford Motor Company and they allowed me to just get advice. I learned where all the different rooms were at work and it just allowed me to feel more comfortable in that role. And then fast forwarding to now, like being a program manager, it has been one of the most interesting experiences because when I first had London, I was working under someone. And going from working for someone to now being a leader and a manager of 36 people, it makes the, you know, your ability to have to perform a lot higher. And Mm -hmm. so like 
having to spend more time at work, I had to really leverage my friends and my family members to like almost pseudo take care of my daughter while I was working super long hours. And I feel like, again, just kind of reiterating the fact that it takes a village to really raise a child when you go from being the understudy to being the lead (laughs) of a team it takes a lot out of you, but you still have to have that energy. So for me, it's been this constant, what I would call balancing of scales between Mm. being a mom and being a parent and also being present because kids see when you're on your phone, when you're on your tablet, my daughter has been able to like, you know, kind of give me a reality check or a gut punch at times. Like Mm -hmm. mommy, you're on your phone. (laughs) Like, can you, can you come back and play with me? So the dynamic has been interesting. I would say from going from a rotational program student to being a manager now, because I've had to be very intentional about spending that time with my daughter and also being more comfortable with leaning into my circle and allowing those people to help me out. Mm, that's amazing. Um, our children are quite good at informing us when they need us to get off of our devices, aren't they? <laughs> They're Definitely. pretty vocal about that. Yeah. Tom knows that this is one of the things I feel really passionate about, but I often talk about the fact that parenthood really provides us with amazing leadership training. And so I, I'm certain that the skills that you have gained through parenthood over the past couple of years have really helped you in that progression to manager and being able to lead a team. So I am always um, excited to hear when working parents become leaders, because I know that they've got a lot of experience in all sorts of things from managing challenging situations with people who can't express their needs clearly and all sorts of stuff that's directly translatable to the job. Victoria, I just, I want to ask you our next question, and then I want to follow up with Dhruva as well. How would you describe what it's like to be a parent engineer specifically these days? I don't know if it's possible to make any generalizations, but is there anything specific to the engineering world that you would like to reflect on with respect to working parenthood? Yeah, you know, engineering, I've been an engineer now for seven years. I think one of the It's one of those bittersweet things. Being an engineering mom is something that's very lonely. Mm -hmm. Uh, Being a a woman who's an engineer is even lonelier Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I've read a lot of statistics. And one of the most glaring ones that come to mind is there was a study done by UC Riverside, University of California, Riverside. They looked at the fact that at all the 500 or Fortune 500 companies, only 14% of the engineers are women. That's a small percentage. 14%. 14% are women. All engineers, like all levels. All levels. Wow. 14% are women. Mm-hmm. And so to me, it's, it's very real. Because when I go mm-hmm. into my job, I'm, there's only two women who are yep. engineers. That's it. <laughs> so the numbers weren't surprising, but yeah. it was just like, it further reaffirmed that it makes it a very lonely space mm-hmm. uh, for being a woman in engineering, which is why I do so much personally to try to you know, get out there and show young girls that they can become engineers in the future mm. so that that number can increase. But besides it being lonely, it's very busy because you constantly have the light on you <laughs> when you're mm-hmm. a woman. So you have to balance the scales between, okay, yes, I can be assertive just like the guy, but I also have to have this soft side as well. Yeah. So you have to really have a balance. And then of course, now we're in COVID. It doesn't, it's, it's making it even more difficult because now you're wearing all these different hats. You're a mom, you're a manager, you're the teacher, (laughs) you're the janitor, like you're all these different things. So pre COVID, there were a few hats that being an engineering mom looked like, and now you have all these additional responsibilities. Oh my. And I think I read in your bio, which I said out loud that you're also an MBA candidate right now. So you're also a student. 
wow. so astute. <laughs> Oh my goodness. That's, that's really amazing, Victoria. I also just want to highlight, you know, in your bio, you wrote that you're part of the National Society of Black Engineers. I could imagine sort of raising the intersectionality issue here that it's even lonelier being a black woman mom engineer stacked on top of all of those things. Right. So yeah. Kudos to you for all the community building that you're doing as well. That's amazing. Over to you, Druva. Um, how would you describe what it's like to be a parent engineer these days? Yeah, so um, similar to what Victoria said, you know, engineering is a male-dominated industry. So when I first started my career, I hardly saw senior women who were also working and had kids. Uh, But gradually, as years went by, I was starting to see more. And actually, at the same time that I had my kids, many of my other women colleagues had kids. So it was a good support system to have, you know, just to share that they were going through similar experiences. But I can, when, before I had kids, I remember I did not, could not relate to what it meant to be a working parent, especially a working mom, and how much more hats you have to wear to be able to have a work-life balance. In some days, you know, it's there, there is a balance. Some days one pulls you more than the other. But yeah, it's definitely challenging like any other industry to be a working parent. But our industry, especially on the uh, civil engineering side and my firm, um, are very uh, adapted technology and we have uh, adopted laptops, video calls very well. So that has kind of uh, attributed to the flexibility, uh, being able to be productive, even if you're not at the office at the moment. I think that has attributed to some of the positive experiences. So speaking of COVID, I think uh, similar to what Victoria said, that has definitely made it tougher to juggle and have a delineation between work and life. And I will admit that the only way I'm able to do it is have be more lenient on screen time and toys and candy and other things that I was not as lenient Mm pre-COVID. But yeah, I think there's always a fine balance to be created and achieved as a working parent in this industry these days. Yeah, absolutely. I think we can all relate to those areas where we're just like, well, throw that out the window because it's COVID and we're just trying to survive (laughs) and get one day to the next. Absolutely. I'm like, whatever will motivate the children pretty much and get us to the next day. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you. Okay. I'm going to turn it over to Tom for our next question. Yes. Thanks so much to uh, to all of you. You know, uh, I think it's so important what both of you are doing because, you know, as Lori will will, uh, certainly attest to, one thing that we hear so often on this podcast is what makes a difference in the working environment to working parents is somebody in management who understands them. Um, Almost more important or at least equally important as progressive firm policies, you know, is having a manager who, who gets it, whether they have kids or not, and is sympathetic to the real challenges that working parents have. So I think it's so important that you are both serving in this role. And, you know, it sort of, it sounds like engineering was uh, where law was probably 10, maybe 15 years ago. I mean, Laura, you can certainly speak to this, but there just weren't that many female partners to begin with and very few female partners are in leadership positions with kids. I mean, that's changing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, just, just in terms of numbers and to offer a, a point of reference, I think nationally female partners are, I believe, at 21% roughly. So 
marginally better than the, uh, what was it, 14% that is the total number of engineers? Right, would, 14. Yeah, but one of the, um, the reason that I asked the follow-up question was, if you look across, like the people coming out of law school and joining the legal profession and joining firms are half women. And so you look at the numbers and like half the associates who start off in law firms are women, but then as you go up the ranks, you know, it levels off and down to 21%. So I think um, both fields have a ways to go, but it sounds like, Tom, as you were reflecting, engineering might be even just a little behind the law. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I, I thought I thought we were better than that, but I oh, just no. I guess not. <laughs> I guess not. You know, there is one difference. I you know I think as you both mentioned, just the the low number of women generally. I don't know if it's a it's really not a feather in the cap of law, but you know if you go to a law firm, you will see a lot of female associates. You know, of course, many of them will end up leaving often because of unfriendly childcare policies, or at least that's that's been the history mm-hmm. of it. But you know, like I remember when my wife, you know, at least there were other women with her. Um, you know, when she was pregnant as in a private law firm. But anyway, regardless, I think it's so important for the both of you just being who you are for other women coming up behind you. And let me just echo how hard, unexpectedly hard it is to go from <laughs> as a professional or any probably in any environment to go from having no children to having children. You know, I've told this story before, but it's one of my few good ones. So I'll just tell it again. <laughs> Give a lawyer a microphone is a dangerous thing. But I remember, you know, when I was clerking, you know, out of law school, uh, you know, I didn't have kids. I'd get up, my wife and I would get up super early in the morning when she was at a law firm and we'd commute into the city and I would get at work, be work at like 7.30 and, and loved it. I loved getting to work early and it was so quiet. And the judge who I worked for, who's just been a great mentor to me, but he would come in probably 8.30, 9 o'clock. And I remember thinking, wow, it must be, you know, once you get up there and you're a judge, you can, you know, you can come in later. But of course, at the time, he had a five-year-old, I believe, and then two twins, you know, so he was, <laughs> I had no idea, right? Like what it took him to get to work even mm-hmm. by 8.30. And I think it's, um, it's sort of, unless you've lived it, it's really sort of hard to to appreciate. And also, again, going from one to two, I will say, you know, we've got four kids. And the hardest transition for me, even harder from going from zero to one was going from one to two. And I remember being just shocked by it. Because after having one, I thought, okay, you know, this will be work, but I sort of know what I'm doing. No, like you're right. It's there's a, a synergistic effect when you add that second child that's just not accounted for. But um, mm-hmm. anyway, I'm glad we are, you know, misery love company here. So Deborah, I'm going to start with you and ask you, what workplace supports did you find particularly helpful as you became a working parent? Sure. Yeah. So uh, my firm, Kimley Horn and Associates, has several benefits. They started offering actually about seven um, to eight years ago. So which is around the time I had my first kid. So it actually worked out for me and I'm grateful. The first one that tops the list is flexible hours. Being able to work from home, especially at night, I think that actually helped me quite a bit in making sure that I was still able to work full time while having, um, having the kids at home. I know many other women have made use of the flexible hours and very appreciative of it. Some other benefits that our company has offered to working parents are alternate schedules. So some I've heard of some women who work from home on Mondays or Fridays. Some go on reduced schedule, which uh, which is which would be like part time, half time, uh, while still working, so that they um, keep having that experience, work experience at the same time. Our company also offers uh, backup childcare. 
if the primary childcare provider, let's say the nanny calls in sick or the child can't go to daycare because of being sick, then our company actually provides backup childcare through one of the providers where a nanny could come into the house and it's actually financially subsidized as well. So that has proved very beneficial. And I talked about the safety net. So this is the safety net that our firm has provided us that we make good use of for sure, especially in the winter season. Wow, those are some really some fantastic supports. Well, then I would be glad if this question is difficult for you. But the next question is, what supports did you not have when you became a working parent that you think it would be helpful to have for people coming up behind you? Personally, as I said, my family was not close by. I think that would be a great one for people to think about as they start to plan on having kids is to have family close by. And then the other one that I've heard some of my friends, especially those in tech, say great things about is childcare at the office building or in close vicinity of the office so that they can visit them or they can um, they did not go out of the way to drop off the child. You know, when they come to work, they drop off and they go back or maybe they can visit the kids during lunchtime or breaks. I think those, the childcare at the office building type facilities will be great for other parents to benefit from. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. I know there are some employers in the, in the D.C. area. I remember the Department of Labor, I think, well, now no, everybody's at home, but before COVID, I think they had, they were like an early adopter, you know, even, even 10, 15 years ago had on-site uh, daycare. And I remember, you know, our, our colleague, I mean, a friend who is an attorney there and how important that was to her just to be able to pop downstairs and see your child. So I think that's a great one. And I agree, you know, we, my wife and I were, neither of our parents are, are, you know, they're not geographically close to us. And I, yeah, I think that's a great point, you know, for those who, uh, all things being equal and, you know, it's not often not true because people have, you know, got their career geographically located, but all things being equal, you know, if you're thinking about kids and you look at, think about being closer to family, it does make a huge difference. And it's something we wish we had wished we had had, uh, you know, as our kids have grown up. All right, Victoria, let me, let me switch it back over to you and ask uh, the same question. And, and I'll ask you to answer this both. I um, mean, we get a twofer for you. Answer it both as, you know, being in a non-management position and then as you are now in a management position. And that is, you know, what workplace supports did you or do you have that you find particularly helpful being a working parent? In terms of like before I became a manager, when I was in my rotational program, I think one of the most beneficial supports, similar to Druva, having the flexible work hours, I think were extremely helpful because I could work when my daughter was sleeping and then I can, you know, work as early as I wanted to from home or, you know, work as late as I need to as well. Since some of my clients were in the UK and Australia. And the other thing I think I really, like I mentioned before, I really utilized our mentoring circles. Because again, being a young mom, I had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) So like having people to talk to, and it was an all women's mentoring circle as well. Like it was really beneficial to be able to talk to other women, get their perspective and really understand like, is what I'm experiencing unique to me? Because I'm sleep deprived (laughs) and I'm forgetting everything. Is this a me problem or (laughs) is everyone going through this? Um, So it was nice to be able to like, just talk to everyone about that in a nice confidential and safe space. And that's where I met my, actually my mentor now, she's my mentor of the last five years. I met her because I was experiencing some of the hardest times of my life going from not having a child at early twenties to like having a child. And 
it was difficult. My work performance was going downhill and I was just like, I, I don't know what to do. I think it's me, but I don't know. And so having that group of women to really lean in on and help me was really beneficial. On the flip side, being a manager now, so like I still have the same support of having mentors, but now that my daughter's older, having what's called a parent affinity group. So basically an affinity group with like multiple parents to be able to not only have you know people to talk to, but for other kids for my daughter to play with. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I was very privileged to have a situation where my daycare was connected to my job. And so it was really nice when if I had to work late at night, I had parents I could actually trust to pick up my daughter and just go to their house and they just play. And I had that network from that parent affinity group being a manager because I didn't have the flexibility to have to, you know, I couldn't just work at home. I had to physically be present. Um, for a lot of meetings that was that were with clients that were in other locations. So having that parent affinity group really helped me out in this second phase of my life to be able to have people to leverage. And again, being a single mom, it's a very different dynamic. You have to have people you can trust uh, with your child. And this group provided that for me. Yeah, no, that's, uh, well, you are, this is music to Lori's ears. So Lori, do you want to say, uh, you, this is kind of your bailiwick. I'll you want to do my plug. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> so, um, I'm sort of the ser- serial founder of parent-related affinity groups, Victoria. And last summer, I put together a group called the Working Parent Group Network, or WPGN, which is basically an email list. And it's a community where we have a call every two to three months of the leaders of working parent affinity groups and ERGs all over the country in different industries. So if anyone who's listening to this, including Victoria, wants to join our group, all you have to do is go to www.mindfulreturn.com forward slash WPGN and fill out the little form about your name and email and what company you, you are working with. And I will get you connected to that group. I realized in forming a parent affinity group that I was recreating some wheels and was uh, at times looking for ideas as to how we could run the group better. And so it's nice to have a community to support you in that. And I am, you know, like three cheers for parent affinity groups. (laughs) They're (laughs) a huge lifesaver and community builder for people. I really had never thought of using that group for childcare purposes, but I love that um, example, Victoria, too. Yeah, really talk about having community. That's really um, such a special thing. And Lori, I just want to add a plug too, because I know you work with with men too. I mean, this is not yes, just a absolutely. issue for mom. Yeah, so yeah. I was just going to say um, the Mindful Return program that I run, there's a version for mom and moms and a version for dads. But one of the big things with respect to affinity groups that I'm a fan of is, for example, when you're launching a parent affinity group, really to launch it with a mom and a dad leader. Um, I think personally, it's very important to de-gender and de-stigmatize the whole caregiving and parenting thing. And I do appreciate my mom, like mom-related close friendships. And I think in the workplace, it can really help to have a place where all parents can come together. Um, In the affinity group that I founded at my law firm, there were some dads who attended events early on who said, oh my gosh, like this is the only place I have to talk about this stuff. I don't have a mom's group anywhere to go to. So I think um, to the extent you can make it a gender neutral parent affinity group or parent ERG, that can be really helpful too. From my own experience, you know, not having that, you know, and I I was at the, the U.S. Attorney's office, very supportive of, the needs of working parents. So, I mean, certainly was allowed to take paternity leave. And, but, you know, it, it was back, I mean, this was 2003 when we had our, yeah, 2000, no, five, we had our first kid. You know, it just for men in particular, uh, it was the idea was, 
you should be involved with your kids, but like you should automatically know how to do that. (laughs) It's just like they come pre-programmed and so do you. So when you're at work, you know, and there was some wisdom, like people would stop by my office and we'd talk a little bit, but it was other than like, yeah, it gets hard sometimes. There really wasn't a um, a support group. So as a man, I think that's also very important just because sometimes we all deal with our stigmas, but I think men in particular are like, oh, okay, you know, and this is changing somewhat, but it's still, this is the mothers that they deal with this and and you're, yeah, you're a little bit sleep deprived, but otherwise you should be okay. And that's not, that's not always true. So put my plug in for men getting involved and well as well. All right, Victoria, the the second part of this is what supports did you not have uh, that you think would be helpful to women coming up, women or men coming up behind you? Yeah, I think in terms of support, you know, the one thing that comes to mind is maternity leave and how at most companies, they still have not extended the amount of times, the amount of time that parents, mainly, actually mainly men, women, we only get at most eight weeks and men get like two for paternity leave. And so I think for me, like having the support of my company to be able to say, we support you to stay away on maternity leave for 12 weeks or 14 weeks, like that's extremely beneficial. So going from forward, I only had eight weeks. And one of my attraction points when I went to alarm.com was that they offered 14 weeks of maternity leave because eight weeks was like, that's like literally that's two months, not even right. two months, really. Crazy. That's a, a newborn going to daycare. So you have that separation anxiety and you have to be a functioning employee. So I think in terms of support, one of the supports I didn't have was that I wish my company would have provided a longer time of maternity leave. Um, It provided the resources similar to Druva. We had the in-home care that was subsidized, but having the ability to bond in the beginning, I think is so beneficial with your child, especially when you're a first time parent. Because that experience is totally brand new. You don't know what to expect. You don't know what's going to happen. And most companies are forcing employees to have to go right back to work as soon as they have their child. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I mean, it really is. Anybody who's had a child, like, to go back after, you know, and a lot of people are faced, they have to, you know, they don't have a choice. But to go back after eight weeks, like... You're just beginning if you if you know if it was um you know you're just beginning to recover physically, not to mention emotionally and my wife with you know we were lucky that you know she I mean, you know, she banked leave, so this wasn't you know this was certainly wasn't anyway, but she banked leave, but she took six months with each child, and that really you know that was a, that's about what we needed uh you know things being on something of an even keel for her to go back so and I know the people that we've had on the show. Everyone who's pretty much that I can recall who's been in a state that has, you know, more generous leave than than what's under the FMLA has has commented on that, about how important that is. So that's certainly consistent with what we're hearing. Okay, Lori, I will throw it back over to you. Um, I also love, Victoria, that you basically said that the paid parental leave was a recruiting tool. I mean, it's what distinguishes one company from another in many instances. So I think employers need to keep that in mind if they want to attract the top talent of people who are in their childbearing years. Victoria, let's stick with you for a moment. Um, If you can sort of zoom out and think about the engineering field more broadly, what sort of changes do you see happening in engineering that are affecting working parents? Again, I, I we're in COVID. We're in the pandemic yes. right now. That That's the number one change <laughs> overall, right? No matter what industry you're in, COVID's yeah. impacting everyone. Um, when I think about the tech industry, though, a lot of changes are happening with artificial intelligence. 
a lot of the tech companies are trying to learn as much about their customers as possible. They want to be able to predict everything about what their customers are going to do. And so as a parent, I think that it's important now more than ever to be very in tune with what your children are doing and what they're looking at, what they have access to, because tech companies are trying to learn as much about you so they can, they can target, you know, not in a bad way, but they, they're trying to target and develop artificial intelligence around understanding predictable factors about customers. So mm-hmm. I think that in terms of tech industry, the AI movement and ensuring that customers are more sticky with products, mm-hmm. that can be a good and a bad thing. And again, for children, I look at it in more of a negative light because children are so impressionable. And depending on what gets, you know, rolled out to them, it can impact how they, you know, how they are as adults when they mature and get older. So Absolutely. Yeah. Impacting the industry. And a lot to be terrified as a parent, right? <laughs> um, yeah, just concrete example. My kids persuaded me to allow them to start playing Sim City, right? Where you like build the cities. Mm-hmm. And um, in the whatever the most recent version, 2014 of, of Sim City is, um, there's a feature where you can be shown advertisements to be given money in the game to play with. And so, you know, we had to sort of make the family rule. And, and and I've heard that some of the advertisements are just not appropriate for boys who are seven and nine, right? They're just exactly. too old. And so we had to make the family rule that you're not allowed to click on the ads to get the more points or the more bonus money or whatever. And my kids are like, but why? We watch ads all the time. I'm like, exactly. <laughs> you know, um, it's about drawing some of those boundaries, but it's really super hard to enforce. But great point there. Um, moving on to you, Driva. Um, how about you? What changes do you see happening in, in the engineering field that are affecting working parents right now? I'm seeing an increased realization of being inclusive of working parents. So when I go to professional uh, meetings these days, I see a lot of presentations on uh, work-life balance about retaining working parents, especially uh, moms as well as women's leadership type topics. So that's very optimistic and, and very beneficial for all working parents. But I think there's, uh, there's definitely an, a realization that, in, especially in the engineering community, there is a need for a stronger support for working parents. Um, in fact, um, in our company, um, I was introduced to Lori's mindful return um, as I was get, uh, getting ready to go on my second maternity leave. And I was so glad that I took your course, Lori. <laughs> it made me so intentional about how do I plan my return to work that, you know, I wish I had taken that course with my first maternity leave and I would have been far more ahead. But um, really thankful for your course that, that I took. It's actually offered to all moms now at my company. So uh, being more progressive thinking like that has definitely has uh, a lot of benefits to all working moms. Also, I'm seeing a lot more career development workshops that are uh, targeted towards working uh, parents. In fact, even in our company, we have uh, similar workshops. We have women's leadership groups, as well as uh, things like mom buddy. For example, I'm a mom buddy to another colleague of mine who had her second child. And just providing that support, I think, is very beneficial, as we talked about earlier. I had not heard about these um, like a decade ago, but now I see an increased realization that these providing this support and network is is very important for our profession. 
I love that. Thank you so much for the kind words about Mindful Return. It was great to have you in the program. Uh, It's reassuring to see that the efforts are multiplying nationwide and probably globally at recognizing working parents. Yeah, I'm seeing that too, even at conferences where there's a recognition that people need to pump and there are pump rooms and signs to the pump rooms and things like that, which is really heartwarming. I also would note that in this working parent group network that I run, about, I don't know, maybe 130 people in the group. And I would say a good third of them are with companies where the the working parent group at their company or their organization literally just started within the past six months or is about to kick off. And so I feel like there's this groundswell, especially during COVID, of recognizing that there really is a need to build community and there is a need to help working parents right now. So it's um, heartwarming to say the least. Back over to you, Tom, for some of our final questions. Very good. All right, Victoria, I will start with you and ask you um, if you had to pick one piece of advice for navigating life for working parent, for a new working parent, what would it be? Oh, just one? (laughs) (laughs) You got your top one. (laughs) Okay. You know, as a working parent, I would say getting connected because that is how you're going to be able to participate in some of these amazing initiatives that companies have to offer. If you go on this journey by yourself or just with your partner, it's going to be extremely difficult to kind of navigate what work is like at your company. So I would say getting connected, networking with other parents at your company um, to really understand, like, how do you progress your career at this time of your life? But also, how do you enjoy it? Right. Like you want to be able to enjoy this experience. And there are individuals who've been where we are today who have kids who are much older than, you know, our kids are. And so. I feel like the number one thing that you can do, the best advice I can give is just to get connected with affinity groups, get connected with other moms and dads, and really leverage having a village to help raise your child. No, I think that that's excellent advice. So a follow on to that. Do you have a favorite book or article or something that you've read that really impacted how you think about your life as a working parent? You know, no book or article in particular comes to mind about it. it, it's really just for me, it's, it's having those conversations. It's having the conversations with individuals who you know are parents to be able to, to leverage yourself as a parent. Um, I think a, a lot of what I've done personally was to be, for lack of a better word, real with myself and understand what my weaknesses and strengths are as a, as a person. And obviously you can do a Myers-Briggs test, you can do any test to understand what your personal style is so that when you noticed that you're falling off of what are presumed to be your strengths, you can try to reevaluate yourself and kind of keep it moving and kind of keep yourself motivated and know that, you know, even though you're going through a difficult time, you know, kind of navigating this new space, you also have the ability to know what your strengths are and get back on track with navigating your strengths. Great advice too. Is there a piece of technology, an app, a computer program uh, that you really rely on to manage your life as a working parent? Yes. <laughs> All right, let's hear I, I think it. I am, I am so attached at the hip to account my calendar feature. Um, I have my calendar feature for Google Calendar. Literally, it's synced on my tablet, my computer, my phone, because I don't want to miss any of life's events. And, and I say that because like having a daughter, she has classes, gymnastics. She has like mommy cookie dates, all these different things that I don't want to miss with my busy schedule. And I also know that I have to support my team. And so having a calendar has really provided an avenue for me to be able to be present in all these situations, but also organized 
as well. So I think I would say my number one thing is my Microsoft Surface that I use that has my Google Calendar. I can change things on the fly and I'm able to be present for all of life's major events, whether it's for work or it's in my personal life. Yeah, a calendar is the big winner for, for that answer, which is, I think, <laughs> crucial for a lot of us. Uh, it's an important, important skill that I have to be able to manage it. All right, Druva, back to you. What is your number one piece of uh, advice for navigating life as a work uh, working parent? Um, sure. So my uh, biggest piece of advice was uh, taking it one day at a time and remembering that everything shall pass, even tough times will pass. For example, I clearly remember one day when I had a big presentation in the morning. So at seven o'clock, I was hurrying up to get the kids dropped off and and get on my work. And uh, my son actually just threw up all over the floor in the kitchen. And at that time, I took a deep breath and cleaned him up, cleaned everything and gave him some water. Apparently, it wasn't a major sickness or anything. So I was able to drop him off and get back to work. But it was uh, just juggling those difficult times and knowing that, you know, we can overcome it. I think that's very inspirational. No, agreed. So what about, is there a uh, a book or an article or something that really impacted you, how you think about yourself as a working parent? I actually was very much impacted by Sheryl Sandberg's Lean In book. So the timing of it was perfect because I just had the first child then. And she wrote in the book uh, in length about balancing work and life, you know, powering through it and getting help from partners and everything. So it was just knowing that a, a successful woman like her uh, went through similar things and how she navigated it and how even I, as a, uh, at, at that time, an emerging uh, professional could succeed in my career. That was very empowering for me. Yeah, it was really a groundbreaking book. And then the final question is also to you, um, what about, is there a piece of technology that you rely on heavily for your life as a working parent? Uh, yeah, so similar to Victoria, I think calendar uh, tops my list, followed by Excel spreadsheets of what needs to be done and getting it organized so that I can uh, keep track of what I need to do and, and so forth. And then I do use a few apps, especially childcare based that keep me updated on uh, what's going on at the daycare, as well as once what's going on at the childcare provider, um, after school provider. I think technology is my biggest friend right now, you know, and I mentioned earlier about having flexibility to work from home. So very close to my laptop and phone at night, my, my laptop and laptop's my best friend and uh, get on it and try to wrap up my day. Yeah, good stuff. Well, Dhruva and Victoria, on behalf of me anyway, because I'm going to be signing off, uh, thank you so much for joining. And I will pass it over to you, Lori. Great. Thank you. Yes, this has been such a wonderful conversation. Thank you, Dhruva and Victoria, for sharing your insights and your experiences and your parenting struggles with us. We really, really appreciate it. Um, if you're listening and you know a mom who is an engineer, please forward uh, the podcast onto her so that she can be reassured and comforted by their wisdom and words as well. If you know any dad engineers, feel free to forward both this and the dad version of the Parents at Work engineer-related podcast onto them. Um, stay tuned as we choose another industry or sector to focus on next. And if you enjoyed this podcast, we'd encourage you to go ahead and rate and review the podcast over on all the normal places where one finds podcasts. Thanks again for joining us and uh, good luck with your own working parent struggles and challenges. Thank you, everyone. It was my pleasure. Thank you for having us. Great. Thanks for being on. Bye-bye.